Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me on this lovely Friday in uh, Toronto, this Black Friday in Toronto, uh, Joshua Hart. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I uh, didn't have the opportunity to get trampled in a Walmart this morning, but, you know, 2020 has been a lot about uh, making adjustments, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> it's a huge sacrifice not to uh, huge sacrifice. to get trampled over a $20 toaster oven, but, uh, you know, those deals are out there, I guess, and uh, Manscaped, you know. Um, yeah. Do they have a Black Friday uh, promotion? Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, if you use the promo code everything you can get 20 percent off um the order plus free shipping which is uh, pretty good also you know the product they did send me some product and uh don't want to get into details but it's very very solid i very much enjoyed it it, so. it works yeah it's yeah. the matt thomas of razors that was that was the freaky text i sent you over the weekend was i just told you uh <laughs> it, it was yeah, confirmed that... me it, it wasn't even it was like the middle of the afternoon he's like can't confirm it's the matt thomas of razors i'm like <laughs> <laughs> shout out <laughs> yeah anyway let's not get into more details but use the promo code everything all right um we're gonna take twitter questions just as we did last friday uh this is kind of a little warm-up honestly to uh restarting the the live call-in show which will be coming back uh we don't have the finalized date just yet and we got to figure out some technicals um but it's coming back and me and josh will be taking your questions as of right now we're doing the old school way i guess the old school is this is actually, I guess, a new school way. Taking calls is like the old school way. But yeah. Um, yeah, we're taking Twitter questions. So the first question comes from Jeremy. Says, if rosters stay relatively as is, who are your one to eight in the Eastern Conference? And he gives his order. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to take his order. But uh, yeah, Josh, um, I'll, I'll start here. So I, I like ranking them in tiers because it's so difficult to predict. Um, Great. And I kind of rank them in tiers in terms of how well I think they will do in the playoffs. Um, so my tiers, so my tier one is um, Boston, Milwaukee, and, and, and Miami. Did not put Toronto in that tier, um, unfortunately, because Toronto, I did think, took a step back with their uh, center talent and it didn't really add too much else around. Um, you know, Milwaukee, I would say they're slightly better prepared for the playoffs now with Drew Holiday, obviously replacing. Eric Bledsoe is is pretty huge. I think their depth took a hit, so I'm not really sure how they're going to do. But generally speaking, Mike Budenholzer has gotten a lot of regular season wins anyway, unlimited talent. So you know if that's like the one good thing he does as a coach is to maximize. Shout out to Demari Carroll's contract. Shout out Demari Carroll's contract. Uh, <laughs> you know, Masai, I don't know what you were thinking of that one, but uh, that was not it. That's like when you when you hop on Black Friday and you just buy some random stuff just because it was on discount and you realize you didn't need it at the first place. Yeah, you have an Alexa enabled like bookshelf and you're like, what did I get this for? <laughs> exactly. That's Demar Carroll. <laughs> uh, Carroll's like, yeah, no, I will finally buy a Google Home. They slashed the price low enough, and you're like, I don't, I never use this thing other than to ask it for what the weather is. Um, although, hey, listen, Google Home, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we'll erase that right away. <laughs> <You're-> <laughs> but. Milwaukee, Boston. I mean, Boston's self-explanatory. They're still there. They kept the team. They're pretty decent. I think Tristan's actually a really nice pickup for them. Fits what they need, especially as a backup center. I thought they couldn't really settle on a consistent backup center. And now if those 48 minutes are going to Tice and Tristan, both guys who I think can play well in the playoffs, Tristan can get more of like the Bam Adebayo types are more physical and bigger. And, you know, if you need more rebounding help. So I think that works for them. Honestly, Boston might be my number one in the conference. And then Miami's still there, obviously, because they're still a solid team. Tier two, I had Toronto, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. Uh, Brooklyn, I just don't know if they can defend well enough. This is also the first year they're playing back together. Those guys are injury prone, so they can get hurt at the wrong time. I can't really put them in the top tier, even though they have some top tier talent. Philly, I know people said that, look, they fixed all their shooting woes. I think their woes are the fact that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are very, very different players. Simmons wants to play fast. Embiid wants to play slow. Uh, we'll see what happens there, but I'm not totally sold on Philly. Toronto's there too, I would say. 
of course, you know, they're just yep. a good team. Then I got Indiana in their own tier in the third tier. Indiana is just destined to lose in the first round every single year. It's happened like five straight years now. So I don't see that changing. And then after that, I got like Atlanta and Washington, who I think are slightly better than the rest of the teams. But that's those are my four tiers of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's hard to super argue. I, I'm a little uh, more excited about Philly than you might be. I think that that team will continue to change its roster composition as the season approaches. I think that they're likely to uh, run out a sort of different looking scheme, but I really do like the um, additions of Seth Curry, Danny Green. Um, I like that they got, like, I, I think Al Horford for Dwight Howard sounds crazy, but for what they'll be used for, I think if Dwight Howard's able to keep his head on the shoulders, like he was for much of last season, I think he, you know, won't, not be a tin can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I, I think I like the 76ers. I'd, I'd like to see them perform well. I'm, I'm like Joel Embiid is probably my favorite personality in the NBA. And I, I really believe in him and think he gets dumped on a lot because he's not been able to produce in the playoffs. And uh, here's to hoping that he does. Um, Yeah. I like that first tier besides that. I do think that Toronto's just outside of that grouping with, so I would have Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Philly in that first tier. And then I'd have the Nets, then Toronto. I think like Orlando's finished. I think, um, I think Indiana might eat. I think, you know, I wouldn't be that Orlando's going to grind their way to an AC that nobody ever wants to play because they're so boring. Yeah. But but then they also did miss Isaac for the whole year because he's, he's out. Um, he, yeah. he refused to take a knee, and then God said, "You're taking a knee." I think the uh, playing tournament for the seven and eight seed in the Eastern Conference are going to be very competitive. I think that, like Atlanta, Detroit, um, Charlotte, Washington, Indiana, like that's going to be pretty. I think that's going to. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, new twist mm-hmm. with the um, playing tournament or the playing series for those last seeds i think it'll be kind of interesting to see like detroit versus orlando and like both of these teams are not going to be milwaukee but i think that those two teams will be competitive which is nice because yeah the thing with the east is the top five six teams are good the everyone else is terrible Mm -hmm. and i think that we are actually getting a nice little middle section yeah i still think like chicago um, cleveland i think they're going to be bad but i think the like 12 through Seven range is going to be pretty competitive, and that's that's nice, I guess. Do you do you think? Um, do you think the fact that they introduced the playing tournament enticed a lot of these other teams who are middle of the conference to add? Because if you look at Charlotte, they're probably licking their lips at the idea of getting in into tenth seed and playing the playing tournament, or like yeah, uh, Detroit, for example, kind of did the yeah. same thing. You know? I think Detroit like loaded up to have a competent basketball team, and I kind of like that. I and I'm happy for Dwayne Casey that he has a team that isn't completely unworkable like he can like on a what 70 game schedule i wouldn't be surprised if Dwayne casey had a team with like 37 wins and that's Mm. good like that's competent and i think there are a lot of those teams now in the bottom of the eastern conference or sort of lower section of the middle of the eastern conference and that's the benefit of the playing tournament where you know if you if your team's in a region where fans can be in attendance it's very important to have a, a a quality um, product out on the court to drive ticket sales. And I don't know. I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, Charlotte should be decent. Um, Detroit should be okay. Mm-hmm. Washington should be watchable. It's just not, it's nice to have these not so good teams not uh, be completely tanking this season. That's, it's, it's nice because I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball this winter. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I'm, look, I'm actually really happy for Detroit because, um, you know, the NBA has now introduced um, new COVID rules about you can only have 25% of your fans there. So Detroit can finally sell out an arena. I'm actually happy for them. It'll be their first sellout since the last, the last time the Raptors played there. Um, yeah. I mean, is DeLon right going to be a starting guard for them? That's, that's tough, man. But I mean, look, listen, it's better than what they had last year. I know we make fun of yeah. it. It's better than what they had last year. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like the East. I honestly, I, I, I really do enjoy watching Washington because a, I can watch them from a safe distance knowing that they won't threaten the Raptors, but also yeah. be knowing that they're always messy, but always entertaining. You know, yeah. John Wall's going to talk a lot of cash shit about how he's just as good as anybody in Boston or anybody in Miami. 
he's the best point guard in the league or something like that. And honestly, I miss watching John Wall play, man. He's uh, yeah. he's actually a pretty fun player, um, especially when he shoots 10 of 29, you know. So, but I mean, no, like, seriously, I really do kind of miss Washington a little bit. Yeah. They're kind of like the perpetual, like, moody little, under, uh, little brother of the whole conference. And yep. they're probably going to finish late in the playoffs. But honestly, if, if it was Washington versus Milwaukee as the 8-1 matchup, I think I'm giving Washington two games in that series. I'm just I'm just saying that right now. Or like imagine a Washington Miami series. Like I, I would that'd love be it. fine. I would love it. Yeah, it would be, be great. awesome. Because they do have good talent that I know I mean I've seen John Wall play well in the playoffs. Obviously, this is pre-injury, but still. Uh yeah. I've seen Bradley Beal perform in the playoffs. And they actually have a couple of pieces there that I mean they just don't defend, yeah. period. So it's whatever, but yeah. they have some good firepower. So I'm I'm pretty excited yeah. for the East this year, man. It's gonna be fun. But uh yeah, I've right now I have Toronto you, in the tier two, unfortunately. It is what it is. Do you at all believe in Charlotte? Like I don't the Gordon Hayward no. thing doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um who's feel, their who's their yeah, pick again? Like, is there big man still I'm... Bismack Biombo? Like, bro, how many times? I get it. You drafted Bismack Biombo with a lottery pick. It didn't work out for you. You don't have to re-sign him three more times, man. Yeah. Like, this is like when the Raptors kept re-signing Barnani, and I was like, yo, stop. Like, just take your loss and just move on, you know? As Kyle Lowry said, Bismack, yeah. stop working on your handle, man. You're not going to use that. Yeah, I, I, the thing that I can't wait for is, like, LaMelo Ball versus Terry Rozier versus Devontae Graham. Like, it's just... Mm. That's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare. Like I don't, I don't think it's gonna be very much fun for everyone involved. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I like they have they got a Hernan Gomez who. Oh right, is right, of okay, course. maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's 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 tough when you're yeah. not the best Hernan Gomez, you know, when you're not even the best Hernan. Gomez. <laughs> I, I think Wancho is currently at top not only because he has the better name by the way i do enjoy the charlotte uh hornets um signing uh, spending on a max contract to get gordon hayward just to move from ninth to tenth in the conference um really excited for him to do that honestly uh you know but, what i'm excited for i'm excited for his wife to find new cops to eat cheese with oh man why did she say that like everyone already thought this about you but then to confirm it and to say, to the say only, that all she did was eat cheese with the police like come on man <laughs> Uh, anyway. yeah okay all right next question uh we got a many variations of this question so i'm just gonna use this one from uh outchia smacked okay all right uh what player do you both feel will take oh actually no this is a different question um there's there's one here i shouldn't i'll take that one in a second but let's take this one first from cashton in the unlikely event that Giannis does not come to toronto what are the next best options either in trade or for agency in your opinion this has uh, been asked like five or six different ways because people are trying to figure out what the plan B is outside of Giannis. Yeah. I don't really have a good satisfactory answer. I mean, the 2021 free agency class is good for sure. Um, you have Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, Drew Holiday, even Kyle Lowry's a free agent, for example, DeMar. Yep. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, look, if Giannis doesn't come, then I don't think LeBron's coming first off. I think LeBron's just staying in LA. He's, he's just going to retire there. Uh, Kawhi has already said no to the Raptors. I know there's always this like dream of Kawhi coming back to the Raptors. He's got good relations like that. If he didn't stay after the championship, he's not coming back. Uh, yep. And then it's like Paul George, which I'm like, eh, you know, I mean, I'll take Paul George for sure, but like, eh. And then Drew Holiday, you know, it really tells off a little bit. So it really is kind of a Giannis or nothing. And then the, I guess the unsatisfactory answer is if you just keep rolling over and collecting assets, like that's that's not necessarily a sexy. What I will say is um, that's probably what the Raptor strategy is going to be, is to keep being competitive, keep um, flexibility in terms of signing uh, younger players to good deals that you can either move or develop with, and then just stay good. And then when, you know, fringe or trade targets or something like that comes along, you have the ability to play for them. Honestly, that's as good as you can do in the NBA unless you were just like the Los Angeles Lakers and you could just like be crap for like 10 years and then all of a sudden you get LeBron and AD. Um, you know, that's probably as well as you can do. So, I mean, it's probably going to be very similar to what they did this summer, which is just like make good signings, stay solid, keep your leadership intact, which obviously they still have to sign with sign Bobby. Uh, and then just keep winning, stay solid, have the assets ready when someone comes available. And that's pretty much it, but I don't think they're going to tank or anything. Yep. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the plan is just got to be, if they miss, swing and mess on Giannis, you, build around 
um, OG, Norm, Pascal, and that's a pretty competent team already. I hope, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Seem on the on paper with the way they're developing, it seems pretty pretty solid. Um, I don't know. Like, won't will won't Demar Derozan be a free agent in twenty twenty one? Enough, man. <laughs> we did it the first time. It's okay. Um, uh, you know, Masai and, and Demar hugged it out. That's that's very heartwarming. Um, but no, that's that's about it, man. That's the extent of the hug. <laughs> yeah, do, do you think it was like the, the, was... the Fredo Corleone hug? Um, I hope I hope not. I'm mean, I say I, that much. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think the hatchet's buried, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll uh, announce that they're gonna put a Demar Derozan statue in front of Scotia Bank. I mean, they'll probably at least like put his number in the the Ring of Honor. I don't, I don't think the Raptors have one right now, but start it. Demar is a good start place to start with that. Yeah, you know, because like for example, I wouldn't necessarily retire Kawhi's number either. Uh, I'd put him in the Ring of Honor. There should be a Ring of Honor because you you need to honor some people in, in the in the ACC that aren't just like people who look like they went through the Great Depression. Quite honestly. Facts. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't. There, the twenty twenty one free agency is it, it'll happen. Hope yes. it seems like all of the chips are middle of the table for Giannis, and I don't know, maybe Ola, but I don't really want for Jolie Depot. Depends on well, what he looks like next. Here's year. the thing too, because if you are going to make one of these all in trades, um, I think you only do it for like a top, maybe top ten, but yeah. probably top eight. Right. And those players are just like rarely going to come available and they are not available every single year. Um, yep. So and it's just very, very tough. Like, I, I don't think they're going to make a move like that for all the people, for example. I, I mean, like, like that's something that Houston kind of did because Houston also stayed competitive, uh, had some flexibility, but also chased every free agent. But then you kind of lose your vision a little bit because you're chasing Dwight Howard one year. Then you're chasing Chris Paul one year. Then you're chasing uh, Russell Westbrook one year. And then you're doing this and that. And then you're trading all these guys for – you're putting four picks on the table for Jimmy Butler. It, it just muddles your vision to the point where you're just like your ceiling is mostly the same because you're not chasing yeah. like an elite, elite guy. So um, yeah. I think the Raptors are going to be patient as, as they are and then just stay winning, which, by the way, it, it's, it's a pretty good place to be um, to win. I know we kind of take it for granted now, but like – not a lot of teams. Very few teams make win fifty years every fifty games every year. Very few teams have that as a guarantee. Very few teams make the playoffs every year. You know what I mean? Like consistently, have young players yeah. that are competitive um, in the right mindset as well. So I don't know, man. Cherish what you have as well, because it's not just like Giannis or nothing. Like the team is still pretty good on its own. Yeah. Man. It's not like a championship and, team, but it's still pretty good, man. Can't and to me, I have like the kind of production that the Dallas Mavericks had for the entire yeah. like 2010s that's like an awesome way to have a franchise that like every year some years they're in the top four other years they're in the sort of bottom four but every year they're in the playoffs that's mm-hmm. like what more do you really want as a fan and I think that a core of Pascal Fred OG can get you like they're pretty much I think that they can be at six seven seed minimum going forward if that's the core and that's i, I mean that's it's not terrible it really yeah, is not terrible like, because it's not just those guys too you know Messiah's gonna surround those guys with talent for sure well. so yeah you got a great coach in nick nurse he's extended um it's it's not terrible guys just you know and i know we're all very fixated on Giannis, and it's probably very uh, anxiety inducing because it's such a small chance but i don't know man that's what it takes to win in sports otherwise the bottom line is not terrible it's not like we're gonna be the old raptors again so that's that's always good uh next yeah. one from winston will jd hive rise from the ashes and support aaron baines to a similar degree i love this question um my my guess is no i don't think jv i don't think there's a case of you need to make aaron baines the number one option or you need you need to make aaron baines a secondary option um also yeah. he does play defense which is nice i mean i mean jv played defense too don't, i mean but like was more limited defensively yeah um, I also don't – I think that so much of, like, JV Hive was connected to the fact that, like, JV had a pretty decent personality and connected with, like, the people of the GTA. You know, shout out to Wasega Beach, shout out to Etobicoke. <laughs> I was going to say. There was just, like – there was Tobico. something that felt – yeah, shout out to Etobicoke, shout out to the, you know, Lithuanian community. I think it's – I think that part was cool and that had some of – that helped endear him to the fan base. And not that Aaron Baines isn't going to do that, but – 
so much of the like the sort of voracious appetite that people had to argue about JV on Twitter and Real GM was because they like liked him, and that some of that he was drafted here. Some of that Mm -hmm. was people saw him at their like church on Sundays. Like that stuff matters, and when you have a regional star, I don't know. Aaron Baines is going to be around here for two years. We'll see. We'll 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 see if he's able to if. If his play does it, I doubt it. But if his personality does it, it remains to be seen. Well, I mean, there was also the case with JV that he was younger. The team's talent overall was a little bit lower. And there was yeah. a case for for JV to get more minutes in playing time. The the, the degree in which and the, maybe the, the fervent nature of it was probably a little bit uh, much. But honestly, I mean, like, that's the nature of fandom. I mean, by the way, we, we were talking about Etobicoke. I mean, Alex Lenny's Ukrainian, you know, so... Is he? So yeah, like I feel like he may have. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna get like, Alex Lindhoff. They're gonna people who, and I think that's cool. Like, yeah, for sure. I, think it's, uh, I mean, there was Jeremy Lindhoff, bro. That was that was yeah. probably less warranted than Alex Lindhoff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Len Sanity, baby, get excited, Len, Len Sanity. <laughs> The campaign to make Alex Len the primary backup center. Uh, by the way, I'll, on this topic, I was thinking back about um, how many international, uh, like non-American, basically um, mm-hmm. white white big men that the Raptors have had historically. It's a long list. Yeah, dude. yeah, um, yeah. Rasho, Rasho Nesterovich, the god. To be honest, <laughs> quite solid, very very solid player. I really enjoyed Rasho. Um, uh, Rafael Ruggio. Jake Voschkel, uh, Zonta Bach, Andrea Bargnani, Primoz Brezic, JV, Marcus Gasol, Aaron Baines, Alex Len, Luis Scola. Jakob Luis Pertl. Scola, yeah. Like, this is just, like... Shout out to Yak for getting the money. I'm proud of him. It's yeah, good. Congrats, it's like man. Yeah, congrats, man. NBA pro. It's good. Honestly, that's a good solid yeah, like... deal for, for San Antonio, too. I feel like they got him on a slight discount because I think he's actually pretty decent. Yeah. I'm excited either like uh what's his name? Um Isaiah Stewart, Jamaican kid, like child of Jamaican immigrants, got drafted. Nice. I'm nice. cheering for him. I, what, but it unfortunately is what it is. he's the he's the seventh string center for Detroit. So <laughs> 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 why do they have so many centers, man? Um Yeah. All right, next question comes from uh, as I mentioned earlier, Alcio Smacked. What players do you feel what you both feel will take the next step in development uh, over the season. I think Matt Thomas will be this year's choice personally, but I also hope Paul Watson Jr. takes a leap too. So, um, yeah. Who, I mean, I think a lot of people like Watson at this point. I think the secret's out. If, if he does take a leap, yeah. I don't think people will be surprised. Uh, to be honest, they don't really have like a consistent small forward, backup small forward. So I can definitely see Paul they Watson sliding into that role as a 3 and D guy, more 3 than D, but um, – he was solid, you know. It's a big step for him, though, but I'd be happy for him. He's yeah. Like 25, kind of had a late break in his life and um, always rooting for those kind of stories because that's who the Raptors target. If, if you blossom late in life, come to the Raptors. Yeah, I get, that feels like the only answer. Uh, that would be like a surprise development story this year. Matt Thomas, maybe. Matt yeah. Thomas, by the end of the playoffs... I don't really know if you can expect more from Matt Thomas this season than you saw in the bubble. Like he's out there for his eight minutes fun. a game. He's not giving, he's not giving away too much on defense to make him unplayable. He's a, obviously a three point shooting threat. If Matt Thomas is able to do that throughout the season and, you know, play eight to 12 minutes a game, that seems high, but if he's out there and not giving an, uh, giving it back on defense. That'd be awesome. But uh, you've kind of already seen that. Paul Watson's the only totally out of left field development, unless Stanley Johnson's able to put it together and be an NBA pro. Which yeah, sure. you know, it's it, this Funny. is it, this is it for Stanley. Well, you never know, man, because uh, you know we still have Stanley's suggestions, and we can't lose that part of the show ever. I hope you have a Stanley. Yeah, we don't even right. have Dewan's destinations. Oh man, his destination right now is uh, home. <laughs> Unfortunately, the man remember, I remember right before the season, right before the season, and I said, uh, "Dewan, you better go help these people move out of the bubble. You know, get some names, <laughs> let mm. some people see your face, make some contacts, um, man." But hopefully, you yeah. probably had to wear a name tag, <laughs> uh, like like at a conference. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I I I hope Dewan. I wish him the best. Honestly, I think he still has a chance to enter the NBA, but. Um, He's just been it's really. Just been he hasn't really be healthy, much. man. He hasn't really played much the last yeah. two years, man. But uh, he's got to get healthy. Seemed like a good dude. 
So, you know, uh, good luck to him. Um, oh, by the way, underrated one moment, man, when he missed the uh, the floater off the pass from Stanley Johnson that would have been a game winner against Philadelphia, but instead one missed, yeah. and Stanley was there for the putback and, and the jumper, of course, the clutch gene. Maybe Masai made that decision of who to cut just based on that moment alone. Um, I, I, I really I am interested <laughs> to see what the small forward rotation looks like after training camp. Like, it's, mm-hmm, yeah. it's a, just a huge question mark. It's like after 100%. OG... I have no idea what's happening, and that's like it's neat. I'm excited for it. I, I mean, um, it might be a, it might be a mix, you know, because I feel like honestly, O'Shea has a decent shot of that too. He still needs to be signed, but yep. I mean, now there's another roster spot open. I kind of do anticipate him being signed. Yep. So, yeah, but we'll see, man. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's definitely a point of development from the Raptors. I think honestly, in terms of, we like to talk about development from like guys that have not done anything to like being contributors, which is great, but that's not yeah. usually what moves the, uh, the ceiling of the team. The ceiling of the team is just like the more important guys. Like can Pascal take a leap? Yeah. Can Fred take a leap? Those two guys take a leap. Uh, you know, Fred, I think can. I think there's more more room for Fred to improve. For Pascal, it's really yeah. just like honing his game, and we'll talk more about Pascal later on, but. That's where the real development happens. It might not even necessarily be in the numbers. It's just in terms of their skill set and, and what they can do in certain moments. And they're both, those guys yeah. are both still very young players in their like fifth season now. I still expect development from those guys. So that's probably more important, yeah. even though it's not as sexy as saying Matt Thomas is going to be like a six man of the year or something. Um, that's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Next, next question comes from Young Simba7. Should the Raptors trade some pieces away? I mean, uh, we haven't traded anything from our championship pieces, but they keep leaving free agency. Uh, what do you think if we trade guys like Norm Powell, Pat McCaw, et cetera, to get better assets or future picks? Uh, Josh, I feel like every time I talk to you, man, um, for the pod, we, everyone's we trying talk- to get rid of Norm. I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I don't really get it. I know mm-hmm. that he is on the team's most tradable contract. Yep. But I don't know if it's, if the ethos of this team is, Come in, work hard, develop. We retain you, and we give our guys raises. Mm-hmm. Norm Powell should get a raise next at next off season because he's done a good job. He's gone from being a very hot or very cold guy off the bench who's somehow shown up huge in playoff moments throughout this team's sort of story the last few years to being last season when he was uh, healthy, and that's an issue maybe but a very productive guy off the bench who could like spot start. And, you know, last time I checked, he's the Eastern conference player of the week. Um, Facts. (laughs) It's just been the longest week in in, in, uh, NBA history. But so to me, like Norm Powell, yeah, it's a terrible contract. I'm not going to lie. If the Raptors are going to make a move, there's not really many that won't include him because Mm -hmm. of the asset he is, but the expectation that I have and that I think all of us should have is Norm Powell's done a good enough job to get a raise from this team in a couple of years, a la uh, Fred Van Vliet last week, Pascal two weeks, two years, a uh, year ago, Kyle Lowry a year ago. Like, why does it not apply to Norm? Uh, I mean, my answer would be, I don't know if he's actually been at the point where he's consistent enough to, to do that because you still, I think you still have you fun. Wit, are, you have, are you are you saying his play or the injuries? No, the play. Because like, what I what did we see? I don't in know the, if I agree. What did we see in the Boston series? Okay, the man? Boston the, the Boston series was bad. This guy got outplayed by Brad Wanamaker for the first five games of that series, man. Brad Wanamaker just signed and, for like the minimum. And I'm whatever, man. I'm not. I'm not like obviously a lot of people had bad player performances in the Boston series. Like you know, you know. Yeah, like Sammy Ojale outplayed Pascal Siakam. Like, that's not, that's not true. That's not true. Don't, we, don't, don't I know go it's there. not quite. Yeah. But we can we can we can do this thing back and forth where mm-hmm. we like Norm Powell on aggregate has um, outperformed his contract. Oh, that for sure. That I mean, listen. And I, I why is it in, why is it inconceivable to say that he deserves a raise, or at least if he's not gets a raise, retained by the team? For sure, there may be teams who want to overpay, and it doesn't make sense for the Raptors. Fine, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it it is true that Norm Powell, with the performance that he's put out and the culture this team sets to. Um, give the rest of the league the impression of is we develop our guys and we retain them because we believe that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I think that applies in this case. 
if somebody goes out and says we're going to pay you $22 million a year and we say, okay, nobody's doing Congratulations. Yeah. I know, but whatever. If somebody says, well, actually, you, Charlotte, Charlotte might have Kaepernick next year somehow. <laughs> <laughs> he's making 11 next uh-huh. year. So if he goes, if, if he goes out and the Raptors say, we'll give you 14 and somebody says, we'll give you 18 and, or an extra year. Mm-hmm. And he takes it. Congratulations. Norm Powell. You've uh, an NBA success story, but it's the same thing happened with like, well, Terrence Ross's was a worse player than Norm Powell. Oh yeah. And definitely. Less productive. And the Raptors gave him a raise. Yes. They traded him in the surge deal, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think Norm Powell's done enough for the first option to be he's getting a raise he's getting a raise and we're keeping him yeah i mean look i i don't want to see norm gone like I, it's not like he needs to go or anything like that i, I don't believe that i really enjoy norm he's a great player uh in his role but i mean like at the same time i think it's probably the same things that you always say about him what does he do aside from scoring because he doesn't really defend like at an elite level he doesn't really assist anybody um doesn't really create he just finishes which is and he's a he's been a really good finisher this past year for sure uh yeah and then b's like the consistency thing man i mean like obviously i think he had some great moments in the net series but then in that celtic series he disappeared and like that's one of the things with norm is just like he would have huge flashes right i mean the celtics game six he was part of the closing lineup had why would he score 15 points in the two overtimes amazing performance right but like for before sure. that he probably scored 15 points in the series at the point like it, it was and, and that, that's the part that is so hard to, to 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 pay the guy for because I think the Raptors will resign you if you're going to be a starter for sure. Don't know if Norm has that path to being a starter with the Raptors, and the Raptors have a lot of depth at the shooting guard position. So I, I would say, in terms of I, look, I'm I'm sort of take it or leave it with with that as well. Um, but you know, if you were to trade Norm, I would say something like probably you know like Josh Richardson got traded this uh, this 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 past month at the at the draft and. You know, I would say he's probably honestly he's probably proven to be a little bit better of a player than Norm, but not that much. I would sure. say, um, and 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 a worse feat in his last situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I mean, he, you know, Richardson with one year left on this deal signed to the, essentially the same contract as Norm, uh, like eleven mil yeah. with a player option that he's probably going to turn down. Uh, Richardson got Seth Curry and a thirty fourth pick. So if you want Norm gone for Seth Curry and a thirty fourth pick, okay. But you're not getting that much for Norm, so you honestly, I mean, you might just take the production instead. So, but I don't know, man. I, 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 the the rest of the guys on the roster, I don't really see it. I know people kind of want to jump ahead and be like, oh, let's trade Kalari. I'm just against that. I'm kind of, I don't believe in that. That's like my religion is I don't believe in um, trading Kalaris. You know, like like Kawhi said when he was about to get fed beef penis last year, he said, "I'm a vegetarian. You know, you can't kill cows." I don't believe in that. Like I'm, I'm a Kalari. Tarian, and you, you can't trade Kyle Lowry, and that's just what it is for me. All I've right. learned the error of my ways in the past. All right, next question from Sports Wingo. Uh, over-under wins for the Raptors next season, he or she gave 45 games, which is roughly 50 wins in a regular, uh, you know, 40 or 82-game schedule. Um, for me, I had them over. Don't I don't have them over by that much, but I had them over 50 wins, uh, or in this case, 50, uh, 45. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. Like, uh, like I I would have put them at like like a forty seven win like regular season pace. Look normal or yeah, like not quite fifty win. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. around there. I guess like there are going to be those games where Kyle Lowry just says like fuck Brooklyn and then decides to win. Yeah. Not uh, not this current version of the Brooklyn team, but like another. I mean, kind hey. of middle of the pack team. You can still do that. Maybe this current version of it, but like they're in, they're playing. I don't know who's a team that's really not super great, but competent. Like oh, Portland, I can see Indiana. them like put, yeah, no, yeah, but Indiana, the team that I expect them to win. Like I can see the Raptors on the road in Portland. They're mm. down six at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm. Kyle Lowry scores 14 points. We win. Yeah. I guess if you add three of those, they'll push like 40. Like I have them like 46, 47. So. Yeah, that forty six to forty nine range. Yeah, um, on a regular winning schedule, I don't know. I can't do the math to um, convert. So like 40, 42 wins on in this version of the season. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Look, the weird thing with the Raptors is just you always expect them to be a little bit lower, but uh, they're just quite solid always, man. Uh, they they beaten over by Vegas like seven straight years or something like that so 
Yeah, well, what's their winning percentage in like 2012, 2013? That was bad, man. That was like 34%, 36%, something like that. That was the Rudy Gay year. I think they went, I don't know, 36 and 66, something like that. I'm looking at the year when they went 48 and 34, 2013, 2014. That's like the that's like the greatest Vasquez year. That's the kind of like production I'm like when they had like Tyler Hansbrough. But Chuck honestly, yo, honestly, what, before the Rudy Gay trade, they were six and twelve. Afterwards, they finished the season forty-two yeah. and twenty-two. So if they had just had that roster for the whole year, they would have finished with fifty <laughs> wins. It's unbelievable. The Raptors yeah, yeah. always find a way to get to fifty. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, next one from Robert. Robert M. Uh, I love this question. Which Raptors player is going to end up becoming a Florida man? <laughs> That's so, a fun question. I, I know people are, I hope you guys understand what a Florida man is, but essentially, what's the Canadian equivalent? Brampton man? No, it's more like like Peterborough. It's, or you know what it is? Florida man is a it's like a barbecue guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a guy you would, you would kind of believe anything about. Like any story told yeah. about this person, you would kind of believe it, even no matter how ridiculous it is. Um, yeah, like a guy who fights it. Like, which rapper is most likely to like fight a crocodile and win? Or yeah. do they have alligators in Florida? I don't never remember. Um, I don't know. Um, probably both. I, I, I the, the the like dark horse candidate to me is Nick Nurse. I feel like oh, if next yeah. year opening day, you ask Nick Nurse, oh, uh, Coach Nurse, you have any crazy stories from the year in Florida? He's like, I ever tell you about the time that uh, like I woke up with a, you know, barracuda in my like bedroom? Like, no, of course not. And he'll tell some sort of crazy uh-huh. Nick Nurse story. Yeah, yeah I like that. Because Nick Nurse kind of has a Florida man vibe, just because he's oh, come like on. has just this. Just because great... he kind of no, no, looks but he's like had a this, like... <laughs> No, but he's had this like long, interesting life. Like most people get a job in their like mid to late twenties. And then they're just at that company for the next 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's not Nick nurse's story. So I feel like he has a lot of these unbelievable stories, but um, yeah, I, I, my, my, my nomination for this is a uh, coach Nick nurse. I'm going with uh, Alex Len. Just feel like, by the way, underrated thing about Alex Len that I have not touched on in the three podcasts I've done about Alex Len. Um, is he replaces the Serge Ibaka f- willing to fight element? Mm. There mm-hmm. is, and you know, a player's really about it if you go on YouTube and search them fighting, and you don't just find specific results, you find compilation videos that someone has made. Like Serge Ibaka heated fights 10 minutes, right? Uh, it's, uh, Serge's been in the league longer, but Alex Len has like a six minute fight reel, so um. I'm going with I'm going with Alex Nell, man. This man might just you know like again you know you, you might just see him barbecuing gator tail or something like that. I don't know what they do in Florida, man. But, it'd be uh, fun to see. Uh, good luck to them. It'd be fun to see Alex Len on the next like Smack volume. Um, oh god! But who knows? Um. All right. Next one from Eric. Uh, who's go- what's going on with OG? What can we expect from him this season and extension stuff? I, I don't know what the extension stuff is going to look like. I think uh, Clutch Sports has done a really good job of getting their pay- clients paid. If the Raptors are as intense on 2021 as they seem to be, um, maybe they don't do it. But even if they don't do it, if they, even if they do uh, get an extension done with OG and eat into some of their cap room, I still believe in the Raptors' ability to move some contracts around. It just probably means you might need to move one of your core pieces. 
or OG himself, which hopefully doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I kind of see OG in the same role. Hopefully he just improves in that role because if you look at the starting five, for example, it, you still have uh, Kyle, Pascal, and Freddie. Those are your top three options. And then Aaron Baines is pretty much just going to do what Mark does. Probably shoots a little bit more than Mark does because Mark just never shot. So what does that leave OG offensively? He's probably still in the same place. I think his production is going to be similar. And maybe the difference is just he gets more minutes because the small four position is a little bit weaker this year. Um, although not by too much, I would say. I mean, like, who was backing him last year? Like, TD? Like, it wasn't like... Yeah. It wasn't that much. You know. Yeah, I... What was um? I'm trying to. I feel like the most similar value clutch story. Like, I feel like it's, this could go down like the Tristan Thompson extension. Um, how old really will OG not, be? Man. Tristan Thompson, what got five eighty six? So what would that be in twenty twenty bucks? Like five a hundred. Uh, maybe not I mean, quite five five ninety two. I mean, I wouldn't. I, okay, how much? How much would you say you'd be happy paying OG to? Like, if you, if you locked in an extension, what what price do you feel? What price? I hate that term, but like, what uh, what what contract do you feel more comfortable with? Because like, if you can, if it's like, okay, OG needs to sign the max right now, and that's the extension, then no, we're not signing OG to that max. But if the yeah. extension is like sixteen, seventeen million, which I think will be on the low end for OG then you might think about it a little bit more, you know? I like. I always like to look at sort of average distribution for, like, player salaries. The problem with small forwards is there's, like, five guys and then a massive – like, there are, five, yeah. there are ten guys who will make the max. Exactly. Brandon Ingram – like, Otto Porter makes the max. Like, and then there's a drop-off. But I don't know. If he made, like – what Kelly Oubre is making 15 – that that'd be that'd be like amazing if they got that done. It would but, be amazing. I, I feel like he probably ends up somewhere closer to eighteen, eighteen to twenty. Like, does he make like the Jeremy Grant contract is the one that you like, kind of look at and say, oh, yeah. But you know what though, that was, <laughs> that was unrestricted free agency. Yeah, agreed. With restricted, so, it does keep the keep the number down a little bit more than not a clutch. <laughs> yeah, not a clutch. You're right. But, I mean, you know, it uh, is what it is, man. I mean, if OG's making twenty million, nineteen million dollars a year, uh, more power to him. I that's not that's I don't really like that number, but he's not going to make like is he going to make the Davis Bertans money? That's what I'm saying. Like that was pretty big, or like even like um. But Davis Bertans is only making fifteen million dollars this year. That's true, but it's still Davis Bertans, and he got a five year deal. Man, this guy's been good for like two, two seasons. <laughs> Six <or> weeks. <laughs> Like, he what? was good from like yeah, that didn't make any sense. They're like Davis Bertans um, is this the best shooter in the NBA, and then the Raptors got to him and Fred like pressed up on him one time, and he, he shot like two for eleven. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if like obviously, I mean not obviously, um, I would be surprised to see if OG made the max mm-hmm. in his extension, and everyone who's right under that max level is making between like fifteen and eighteen. Hour 19 with Jeremy Grant. That'd be right. okay. I guess. Yeah. He can't. He, I, I wouldn't he hate that. Cannot I mean, make, he cannot make. But he's not getting Harrison Barnes money. No, he's not. And that's and that was also a cap spike then too. But like, um, yeah. I think the big thing is I don't necessarily anticipate a huge role change for OG next year. That's going to then constitute a huge um, change in terms of how much salary he's going to get. Right. Because like that would actually be something that where if you anticipate giving a bigger role next year, maybe you sign him to a, a lesser deal now in case, you know, he severely overperforms that role. But I think his role is still yeah. going to be quite similar with the Raptors next year. So I think his production is yeah. kind of similar and maybe you can wait then, but also at the same time, as I've said a couple of times, the Raptors have a pretty long history, uh, a track record of sending guys on the rookie deals. Um, happened with Terrence Ross, happened with Jonas Valanciunas, happened with, uh, Pascal happened with, uh, you know, who DeMar? else? Norm. Yeah, DeMar before that, too. That was a different GM, but still. You know, yeah. Raptors do have a pretty long history of this, too. So 
I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, it depends again on, on how OG's camp wants to negotiate it. We haven't really heard anything about them. He's just going to send the Gordon Hayward forward the press Man. release on Gordon Hayward's contract. <laughs> All right, well, someone's got to find me the team out there that's willing to pay 120 million for OG next year. Hopefully, it's not Charlotte. I, I d- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charlotte, bro. I hope yeah. you're done spending all your money, man. Um, MJ, I don't know what you're doing, man. Um, I, mean, I, you, I mean, he he had so much money from the last dance he was giving some away. Like maybe he's just, yeah. maybe he's just got it like that. MJ, he, he can't. He doesn't. He doesn't. But who knows? You know, you know, in those, uh, yeah, there, there's those pictures of MJ. There's this one Im- uh, infamous one where he's walking out of a car, like a limo, and his eyes are like demon red. And he's holding yeah. a, a, a wooden case of like some sort of cognac. Like, I feel yeah. like I feel like that's the state that he was in when he was like, "Let's get Gordon Hayward." <laughs> Just that exact. Can we can, state. can we find his wife any cheese? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what that's what sealed it, man. Gordon Hayward's like, uh, make sure you put two police detail in my house. <laughs> you got any? You got any gray owl? <laughs> Oh my goodness! The Charlottesville joke uh, right themselves. Uh, next one from Con- next one from Connor. Has the league figured out Siakam? He's obviously a great defender, but what can he add slash changes uh, to his game in order to keep scoring at the same clip, or is it just more of seeing shots go down and building on that? Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that the league has figured out Siakam. Not in the sense that you figure out a player that then all of a sudden you can't do anything. It's just like I think the league has figured out how to take away his primary moves. Take away the, the the paint from him. Uh, take away the transition from him. Right, especially good defensive teams are able to do that. Now the question is, what he can do to essentially improve his secondary skills to to neutralize that and keep that balance open. Because as soon as he can do that, then all of a sudden everything else gets even out and he can play at a much more reasonable level. Because it seemed like such a huge difference between what Pascal can do at the rim versus what Pascal can do on the perimeter, things like that. I mean, we've talked about this many times, but. Needs to improve the outside shot. Needs to improve the pull-up three, which is absolutely vital for uh, any star player nowadays. And needs to improve his playmaking because he has the ball a lot, shoots the ball a lot, doesn't create as much as you want. So that's yeah, that's that's the answer. Yeah, hopefully he's been working this uh, this off season. I'm, I'm pretty confident he has been. So I'm curious to see what what, what he comes back with. But uh, he's a very committed dude. I, I'm I'm excited to for hashtag revenge season. Mm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Although I hope he doesn't uh, use some sort of corny hashtag like that because, uh, you know, uh, just not necessary. All right. We got four more questions, mostly from friends of the podcast. Before we get to Stanley's suggestions to end the show. Uh, first one from Kate. Um, when are you going to have Bane's fan club Hi, on the podcast? Well, he followed me back, which is great. Um, but uh, I don't that's a question for you. I, probably, I don't know when the Colin show comes back. I would love for him to call into the Colin show. Yeah, have let's do that. Who do, who do you think he is? Like, well, if you had to take a guess as to who is behind the account, you know, remember years ago when Langston Galloway was robbed of all of his jewelry after a night out in the club? No, but okay. I'm pretty sure it was Langston Galloway. I think the person behind the Baines fan club was the person who set him up. That's my guess, officially. Wait, does this happen? How am I supposed to... I start set up. I'm pretty sure. Are you talking about Clay Anthony Early? Was it Clay Anthony Early? Oh, yeah, Langston yeah. Galloway. Who was the, like, second... All-rookie uh, all second team, played for the Knicks. Clay Anthony Early. He was also a oh, first, first Early. teammate yes. at, uh, at Wichita. Yeah, sorry, my bad. When he got robbed, mm. um, the person who set him up, that's who I think is behind Bane's, the oh, Bane's wow. fan Twitter account. It's like a, a run a jewel situation. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I just I that's 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 my official guess for any anonymous Twitter account. Yeah, well, listen, that's who I think Vitaly from Moscow is. I just I don't know. I mean, no, no, no comment on that. To be honest, we have no idea. <laughs> but uh, honestly, Aaron Baines Club, please call into the live calling show. I think people will love to hear from you. And honestly, if you want to do the if you want to do the podcast, come on, man. I mean, uh, we both follow each other. He sells T-shirts. That's unbelievable. He sells T-shirts. We don't sell T-shirts. I know. That's what I'm saying. This guy's. It's like white tees, black tees, and another black tee, I guess, with uh, Aaron Baines on it. 
Um, Aaron Baines in this logo kind of looks like Shock Top, you know, the, uh, the beer. Yep. Yeah, so go for him, man. I mean, it's a, it's a great account. The content's great. I love uh, when memes are really dank, and these are all dank, exclusively dank memes, so really enjoy it. Um, yeah, call into the Colin show. Um, all right, next question from our guy Arun. This is not a question, but a request. Uh, tell the Scholastic Fair story. So uh, earlier today, we were doing our, our 11 a.m. Uh, work call at Yahoo, and we were discussing um, the Giannis thing. I put out a tweet that I already said in the podcast where, you know, it's just funny to compare, like, when superstars, you know, request yeah. things, right? Like LeBron, she's like, I'm going to L.A. and I want to get A.D. And they get A.D., right? <laughs> you know, like the Pelicans, he's their franchise player. They got him. Uh, Kawhi, he goes to L.A., you know, like, all right, I want Paul George. Paul George still two years left on his contract. Paul George Day coming up soon in OKC, and they get Paul George. And James Harden, if he wants Russell Westbrook, he got uh, Russell Westbrook. Giannis, being a superstar who should have the ability to demand players, all he wanted was to get Bogdan Bogdanovich. I sound like uh, Jackie Chan in Rush Hour 2 after he thought Chris Tucker died. All he wanted was some Mushu. All he wanted was some Mushu Bogdanovich, okay? And he couldn't even get that done. Restricted free agent, you know, he had Costas. He, no, he had his brother Tanasis talking to uh, and tampering with Bogdan this whole time. But again, he was a free agent. How do you not even be able to deliver a free agent? All he asked for was Bogdanovich. And the Bucks still screwed that up, which is, uh, which is pretty funny. And I was going to say, it reminds me of, like, you know, back when uh, in middle school and stuff, the Scholastic Fair will come around, which was a pure scam because everything was really, really overpriced. But uh, they will set up in the library and they will put all these glitzy products out there. But everything was really overpriced. Yeah. The thing is, as an immigrant child, my family didn't really give me a lot of money for anything, but especially not for like yep. the bullshit. And so I would just go to the Scholastic Fair and like kids around me would just like buy all this other stuff. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I love Arthur. I love Captain Underpants. Let me just spend $60 on that. And me, I'm like, I love Captain Underpants too. I love Arthur too. Why can't I get some of this stuff? I'm like, yo, can I even get like $5 to buy in like an eraser or something? And they're like, no. And that's how I feel Giannis is right now. He's that immigrant child that's just like, can I go to the Scholastic Fair with 20 bucks? And they said no. The bucks said no. So it's uh, that's the Scholastic Fair story, man. I feel bad for uh, feel bad for Giannis right now, honestly. I really relate to his uh, his, his struggle. That's very well, it's very well put because I remember I, the first time I was able to get anything from the Scholastic Fair was when I become a uh, paper boy for the Etobicoke Guardian oh, and man. had some bread of my own and I bought, I got some Animorphs books to read. They were nice. okay. Pretty nice. good. Nice. Um, but then I, I, like I bought one because the library didn't stock it right away. I feel like there was like some conspiracy where they would say like, Oh, there's a new animorphs book. Like, okay. If the library have like, Oh, we're not going to have this for eight months, but you can spend, you know, $35 on a trade paperback. I'm like, Help me out. I'm just stuck reading Nate the great, like some sort of chump. Wow. No, we're <laughs> st- stuck going to the library and, and you know, the, the library copy of Captain Underpants was never very good. Um, or Tintin, yeah, they're missing pages. All, all, all the funniest jokes. Yeah, uh, like the activities are colored in. It's terrible. Nothing really shows class division in in, in, a, in a middle school <laughs> like the Scholastic Fair. <laughs> uh, it really shows you who's the haves and have-nots. Um, so that's Giannis. Unfortunately, he's he's a little immigrant child. Um, next question from Alex: If you uh, had a one thousand dollar gift card to SVP Sports, how are you spending it? This is a stupid question because I think the whole store could probably have for one thousand. And you probably still have change left over to go uh, pick up the ten dollar Casey bucket next door. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Josh, if you had a thousand dollar gift card to to any store, what, what what store would you want, man? What any store? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Uh, probably like Henry's. <laughs> like I, I'd probably buy like a like stuff for like streaming the show because we're going to be at home. Oh wow! Okay, invest that's kind in yourself. Of, that's on kind yourself. Of, yeah, like I don't. That's probably it. that's probably my real answer. Yeah, probably, or like I would get some like Nike ACG stuff. Okay, but yeah. How about I mean, you? yeah. I mean, I kind of like that idea of like reinvesting it um, into like gear um, that we yeah. use for the show. 
but honestly, probably just put it towards a you know a scholarship fund of some of some sort, uh, TBD. But uh, you know, like to get that back because quite honestly, I don't really need the one thousand dollar gift card. I'm not trying to brag. I just mean like, that's me personally. I don't really like feel super urged to uh, to kind of consume like that. So if I could pass that on to someone else who who could need it, I'd probably do that. But if I had, but but an actual question, if I had a thousand dollar gift card at SVP, I mean, probably buy like, uh, they have some pretty good vans. I mean, they're only like 50 bucks. So I'm not really going to buy like, I don't know, 200 vans, but, uh, you know, probably buy some vans, you know, they probably, they have some jerseys upstairs that are always like, if, if the, if the soccer team wore it two years ago, two seasons ago, they'll probably have it. So they'll have like a Juve kit. Uh, that's old. They'll have a. Well, I wouldn't buy a United kit, but they have United kits. Probably buy some soccer uh, gear, and then I don't know, man. It's hard to spend a thousand at SVP. There's not that much. I mean, like, the, there's the only so I'm many Austin Matthews jerseys. Like, I'm not how many Ka- Ka- Nazem Kadri jerseys am I really going to cop? You know. <laughs> there's like a music video from the early 2000s. It's either Tamron or Jay Z, or maybe mm. somebody completely different. And I'm wrong, but they go into the store and they just buy the whole, you know. They buy one of everything. Yeah, I, we should well, eventually. We got to do like sneaker sneaker shopping with William Liu at SVP. Oh, definitely. And your your grant your grant total is like two hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> and yeah, that'd be my biggest purchase all, ever, bro. <laughs> all the all the Umbro you need. <laughs> Yo, don't sleep on Umbro, man. Real, real. Uh, Umbro, Speaking um, of kit, Umbro is like the N one of of soccer. All right, like it, you, you got a real hoop heads. Are wearing on believe that. Speaking of kit that I'm trying to get mm. this year um, for the Euro, Scotland qualified, yes. and my partner and her family are Scottish, so I'm trying to get like the home kit for Scotland. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah, so that's the one thing I'm looking out for. Get her the uh, Andy um, Robertson number. I think he's. I don't know what he wears for Scotland, but uh, he's he's definitely their best player too. I'm, I'm not even saying this. Yeah, by a, by by like a by a while. Um, he's good though. He's great, man. Best left back in the yeah. in football right now. He's wears number three for them. So, yeah, yeah, captain. You know, honestly though, but congrats to Scotland, man. I mean, it's a fantastic achievement, man. Nothing, nothing is nothing in sports is as happy as uh, something related to uh, w- world football. That's that's the, the peak happiness you can achieve in sports. Which leads yeah. me to the next question from uh, Mark Savell, the last one. Uh, the skill, huh? uh, the skill you just demonstrated well, there. You know, <laughs> I am doing a pot every other day now. Uh, how many how many eBay bids does Stephen LeBron have on Maradona dirt uh, merch? Um, so He's a legend. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't even know. I mean, Alex, knowing Alex, he I'm surprised he doesn't already own some Maradona merch. Quite honestly, maybe like a real obscure Boca Juniors um, kit, you know. Uh, but honestly, I just wanted to touch on Maradona because, like, uh, it's it's such a big thing to happen in sports. Um, and I always know that because like my dad tried to call me uh, two nights ago when Maradona passed and I missed the phone call, whatever. And I called him back last night and I was like, well, what did you want to talk about? And he was like, Oh, I just wanted to talk to you about Maradona. And I was like, Oh man. Cause I was like his favorite player and everything. Like, and I think for yeah. so many people at that age, like my dad's in his like late fifties, mid fifties, like for so many people at that age, Maradona was like the, the transformational world athlete. He was so famous world over. Like my dad would describe, like I was like, "How did you even watch him and stuff?" Because he was going to university in China at the time, and he was like, "We you know we had this yep. like small TV, probably smaller than like a laptop, and obviously mad grainy." And there would be like a hundred kids just like piled up, you know, wearing um, undershirts in a in a, in a sweaty uh, you know locker or I don't know locker room kind of setting, and they would just all watch Maradona and then like go out and play soccer. Like Maradona inspired my dad to play soccer, got him yep. to love sports, got me to love sports. Now I'm doing this podcast, you know, like it, it's, there are some real tangible uh, offshoots just, you know, from Maradona alone. And honestly, like I went to, I was in Argentina. I went to Buenos Aires like a, a few years ago and like the amount of like Maradona is like everywhere, man. He's like a religion, like obviously in all the little like, you know, trinket, like tourist shops and stuff like that. But yeah. if you visit like uh, La Boca, which is uh, the neighborhood um, that um, I don't know if he grew up there, but he definitely played for the team there. That's where his junior club was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's everywhere. There's murals of him all over the place. Because actually, I, I love that about South America in general. There's just murals everywhere all the time. But yeah, he is such an icon. And not only just for what he necessarily did as a footballer, which was, like, uh, phenomenal. 
and, yeah. and, and skillful and everything. But like even small things, like I remember, you know, asking a, a tour guide once just like, you know, like how come you guys like, you know, first off I asked him like Messi or Maradona and he obviously said Maradona. He said Messi's great, but like, you know, it's not the same. And I said, What's, <laughs> why is it not the same? And he explained to me that like what Maradona did to help Argentina win the 1986 uh, World Cup and especially the 2-1 win over England where he scores the, the hand of God goal with his hand and also then like literally dekes out like eight people and scores. It's like the greatest goal of all yeah. time. Uh, what he did to England that day, and not only in the fashion that he did it in, obviously spectacular and also genius, um, maybe cunning, I guess is the right word, but like he, the way he explained it to me was just like, there was a war obviously fought, uh, you know, between the UK and Argentina, um, you know, over the Falkland Islands, which he actually told me to refer to them as the Malvinas Islands, because that's what the Argentinians referred to it as. Um, and it's a very sensitive subject because obviously they fought this war. And then for like two years later, you know, for uh, Maradona to do that to England, like that's just, you can never match that in any sort yeah. of sport. I mean, I don't even know what the equivalent would be, but there probably isn't one, man. And he won them the World Cup. So, yeah. you know, he's just uh, such a legendary figure. And honestly, my Stanley suggestion is the same. Man. <laughs> just go watch the HBO doc on Maradona. It's, it's phenomenal. And it's quite fun. And honestly, this man has lived like, uh, three or four lifetimes so rest in peace to a legend um 2020 sucks for sure but uh maradona is one of those people that honestly like truly like lives forever you know yeah beautiful pool yeah it's, it was like very bizarre news um i like the last like many people the last time i saw him was the uh, 2018 world oh. cup where he put on a display <laughs> fit to his the size of his personality yep um and By the way, uh, can you imagine that they let him coach the national team like in 2010 <laughs> yeah um, i mean yeah it's un- unbelievable really but yeah. yeah it's just i one of the like great sports figures um that you know you know i was born in the early 90s missed so much of his heyday but mm-hmm. cast this long shadow over my parents understanding of sport and um i think sort of set in some ways the way that like the sort of legacy of Michael Jordan was put together as a global sporting superstar. And it's great to see these people become like national icons. And while he stood for, you know, so much more than Jordan does um, politically and um, to, to the people, but it's, it's been amazing to see sort of the global outpouring to afford like appreciation for the sort of great, the sportsman that he was and the way that he galvanized the nation and reminds you of what, um, you know, these children's games that we spend all of our time talking about can really mean to um, people and how people become symbols of all, like, while people can become the symbols of the best parts of our um, shared society. And I hope that's what we take away from the legacy he leaves behind and the memory of him now. And yeah, I, I think it'd be awesome if, uh, and I, I, I planned on watching that uh, documentary this weekend and I'll for sure uh, do it around, you know, decorating the apartment for Christmas. That's a mad adorable. Uh, do you have a sound <laughs> suggestion before we go? I do. Um, I guess uh, if you are uh, in the GTA, you'll understand why, but I'm going to recommend uh, to listeners, and this one's another regional, uh, it has to be regional, but um, Smoke Shack, a barbecue shop in Ottawa, Ontario, where I went to university. Mm. Um, it's great, very delicious. Um, I've enjoyed it many times that I've been able to visit. And I recommend if you're looking, if you're in the mood for some barbecue and want a place that will, uh, you know, keep you safe and keep their uh, employees safe, that you check that out. Um, you know, uh, this week in Toronto, <laughs> I had a very fun uh, story in the news, and I thought I would shout out a barbecue place that I've enjoyed. If you're in Toronto, uh, Beach Hill Barbecue in the east end of on the Danforth is also really good. So those are my Stanley suggestions this Friday afternoon. Yeah, there you go. And make sure you get takeout. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you get takeout from Smoke Shack in uh-huh. Ottawa. Yeah. Um, they're located in Sydney Center, I believe. Um, so shout out to those guys. Yeah, and and rest in peace to Tobacco uh, Rip Fest, man. That's, that's the only place <laughs> yeah, I actually I was ever saying, bought I was, ribs from. <laughs> I was I was I was talking about that next year. If yeah. they bring it back, it's oh going to be like the United goodness. the Right rally. It's going to be insane. No, no, no. Oh, it's I, I, be a, well, <laughs> that's that's too that's too bad. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it's going to have some people in it. Cause back in the day, like going to like the, the number of people I saw mm-hmm. that I wouldn't see anymore. Like after we finished high school, I would run into everyone that I knew yes. from 
from a high school Canada Day Etobicoke Rib Fest. You go to the hill at Centennial Park to watch the fireworks. Man. Yep. Everyone you know. Everyone. Everyone you know. You know. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh it's it's CNE, but only for the West Side. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true, man. I I it's I CNE before CNE too. That, that that helps. So yeah, I I miss, I miss uh I don't even miss the ribs. I just miss going to Centennial Park on a like remember I mean like the what is not it was like Asa qualifiers for our like where our all of our high schools went to. Mm-hmm. That was always a great day. Anywho. We're getting old, Will. I know. We're talking about the old days. So, well, Josh, this is great. <laughs> the Colin Show's back. You can check out the Colin Show when we have a time for it, but uh, we'll definitely publicize it. Me and Josh will be taking calls from everybody. Hopefully, the Baines fan club calls in. Uh, I know, you know, our regulars will be calling in. But uh, yeah. The Will Lou fan club will be calling in. Well, you know, uh, I appreciate everybody. Uh, shout out to Mark. I saw this guy at the park yesterday. I was, I was shooting hoops and. This guy was like, are you Will Lou? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I'm a big fan. And meanwhile, I'm just thinking, like, bro, I just missed, like, the last eight shots. Like, I hope you didn't. <laughs> I, I don't want you to know who I am. <laughs> don't expose me. No, nah, he was he was not bad, though. He he, he, he he had some real range on his three. But, uh, yeah, shout out Mark, man. But, uh, no, seriously, I appreciate all the support, everything like that. And, um, yeah, Josh, thanks for coming on. Of course. We'll be back uh, next week. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.